hello, I'm Quinn. And I'm Alex. And we're a A couple couple of characters. characters. We discuss topics related to creating characters for role-playing games. What are we going to be talking about today, Alex? You always say that we're talking about characters related to role-playing games. Mm -hmm. And for the first time, we're going to talk about a role-playing game that is not Dungeons & Dragons. Oh my goodness, how exciting. So we are going to be talking about a system that is being developed called Soul Shards. Yes. Why don't you tell the people a little bit about uh, what we have planned for them. Yeah, so in today's episode we're going to be talking with Yitzi Santer, the creator of this new RPG system called Soul Shards. And after that we're going to be making characters. And then after we talk with Yitzi and make our character, we're going to get back together, just you and I, and make a backstory for them. Yes. Without further ado, let's jump into that interview. Sounds great. Today we are joined by Yitzi Santer, the creator of Soul Shards RPG. How are you doing today? I'm doing quite well. Just came out of a very fun session and on a high note. Great to hear. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and your new game system? Absolutely. So I've been playing tabletop role-playing games for about 15 years now. Didn't really know what they were until I started. I was sitting in the library alone when some guy walked over and said, we're down a guy. Turned out he needed someone for a 3-5 D&D game. And I got hooked pretty fast. From there, I just kind of got into all kinds of these style of games, did some LARPing, but picked up a decent amount of experience, which led me into really feeling that this is a world I enjoy. Other than that, right. though, I've uh, been a computer programmer for about 23 years. I'm currently working dealing with life insurance as well. So my day job keeps me pretty bored, uh, <laughs> a lot of repetitive work. So having the game Soul Shards on the side really helps bring some flavor into my life. Yeah, definitely. It is important to have a creative outlet. Yeah, I think that's part of the reason I wanted to start this podcast too, was (laughs) a similar thing. I program all day and I want to come home and do something fun. So where did you get the idea for Soul Shards and why did you want to design a new system? So like most people who do D&D or Pathfinder, Uh, we came up with a lot of homebrew. And Mm -hmm. at one point we were running a campaign, ended up lasting a full year, which was pretty long for my group, during which I had developed an entire additional system where we added a luck roll as an attribute and a number of elements and animal affinities that basically function as classes and levels that you could advance separately from your primary class. And the players loved it. Eventually those features turned into the first beginnings of what Soul Shards is from the Mm -hmm. basic concept that it allowed an extra level of customization without following the guidelines of a book. The class system simply was proving far more restrictive than anything we wanted to face. And Mm -hmm. not that those systems are necessarily inherently bad for plenty of reasons, but the limitations are definitely known. So once enough of us looked at the subset and said that this is a basis of an entire new system. I said, okay, I'll write it up a little bit, see what we come up with. And I thought I'd be done in a month. It's been about four and a half years and (laughs) not quite done yet. Everyone just keeps asking for more and more. uh, And it's growing into this full-fledged system where we believe the rules are now fully functional. 
and most people really seem to enjoy it. We've had uh, about 500 play testers at this point with overall positive feedback. That's We've great. Built up a staff of about a dozen who are putting in significant amounts of time trying to make it happen. And we're hoping that through a little bit more play testing over the next year, we will put out a final product. Right. So you think it may be by the end of 2021, hopefully, is the goal? Yes, that's the plan. Uh, get our Kickstarter going up sometime fourth quarter next year with the assumption that this virus lets us get back to in-person gaming. Because mm -hmm. without in-person gaming, I don't feel that I'm ready to put the product out there. I really want that environment to be in place. That's that makes, fair. Makes sense. So on our show, we always do a lot of character creation and try to make weird, quirky characters. Would you want to help us make a Soul Shards character? Absolutely. The base feature, as I mentioned, was breaking away from the limitations in character design. So the features that we've built completely allow you to customize every single piece of your character, including from your species. We have 25 bases, which can mix and match with several alternate features, resulting in 9,300 unique styles of races. A different person plays different species every single time they come forth and currently over a thousand abilities, which let you customize the features your character can use. Yeah, that's a lot of customization options. <laughs> yeah, it kind of seems daunting as an outsider, but I, I think after looking at the website that you showed us, it seems like it's not actually that complicated, but on the surface, it sounds a little complex. Yes, the result is the huge versatility, but the process is pretty straightforward. Because as far mm -hmm. as the species go, it really is only 25 options. It's about which way you mix and match. The abilities mm -hmm. are broken into categories to help you identify what you would want to use. Now, if you don't have any idea what you want your character to be, we have some pre-built lists to help with that. But otherwise, it can be quite challenging. Well, Quinn and I are big proponents of chaos, embracing it. So we're probably just going to roll and we're going to see what kind of species we get and then we can go from there. Wonderful. All right. You want me to do that right now, Alex? Yeah. All right. I forgot to grab my dice. So. It's okay. I'll just do it on roll 20. Okay. No <laughs> dice are required for character creation. Okay. The well, only reason we are is because we want to randomly right. ah. select our races. Yeah. Perfectly fine. Species. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So this will be for the first half. And yeah, then if so we get the same thing, we're just going to be full-blooded. Yep. Perfect. Yeah, we've Good broken up the species into various but... categories to uh, also help identify what style they are. Mm -hmm. Yes, I did see that. Okay, you got shade, just what you wanted. Oh, <laughs> excellent. That's the one I was most interested in. And it I got... One of our favorites. We managed to put it on the cover art of the book. Nice. Nice. And I got insect fused. <laughs> okay. So Yitzi, do you want to say a little bit about those two quick, just to make sure the listeners know what a shade is and what an insect fused is? Uh, so the shade is one of our species that is most easily equated to a ghost. It's got a lot of abilities that allow it to phase, move through objects. It's always got a dark aura about it. We've got some art that you can see on this page as well, which uh, of course I can't quite show through a voice chat. Yeah. <laughs> I would say it looks kind of like a Dementor from Harry Potter. Okay. Is the vibe I get from it. <laughs> mm -hmm. So their specialty is necrotic magic and they're able to see in the dark, of course, being that they are a creature of the night. They come with Makes sense. four different options of specialty abilities 
that are uniquely modifications to the shade. So you can have a shadow form, which gives you special defenses because you're even less physical than others. Um, mm -hmm. You can even learn shadow possession, which lets you actually take control of other people temporarily. And just like all the species, they have those unique forms that if you choose those abilities, it puts you in a separate category within civilization, thus allowing the breakdown into 9,300 different possibilities while still being the same base creature. Gotcha. Okay. And then what's insect fused? Is this like a kind of like a tabaxi from D&D where it's like a cat humanoid, but now it would be insect humanoid? Yes. So uh, we have the entire category of the animal fused species. Each of them represents what occurred through very forced magic of taking an animal and a person and forcing their souls into a single body. <laughs> uh, really for the purpose of war, of course, thinking mm -hmm. that you'd gain extra power. This happened many hundreds of years ago, and over the time, those creatures gained more and more control and reproduced until we now have just standard civilized creatures that have taken on visual aspects and some functional aspects of their ancestors. The insect fuse being one of the categories, and you're able to really choose what insect you want to be based off of. And that's where on this species, the forms allow you to choose the emperor, the queen, the widow, or the worker. And if you think about what insects those might represent, of course, you're looking at a spider, an ant, a bee, and a scorpion. Mm -hmm. um, but even beyond those basic obvious selections, you can choose truly any insect from a flavor perspective to choose your visuals. They come with the perk of having four legs, so they have a lot more control when climbing or various other things. They can actually be mounted. Of course, you do have to buy twice as many pants and boots, but <laughs> it's usually worth it. They also have six <laughs> eyes, so their vision stands out a little bit more than other species. Okay. So would they have shade half uh, insect fused? Will they only have like four or five eyes and three legs? Or <laughs> Uh, we allow a certain amount of flavorful description as most of it mm -hmm. has minimal impact on game mechanics. However, you do choose which one you want as your first half and which one as your second. And whichever one is the first half gives you the primary leading factors in the visual. Okay. So I think the, we would go shade first just because that's what we rolled first. So. Yeah. so that would mean you would not have those extra legs and eyes. Gotcha. You still have the standard full body, but you could easily have something like antenna sticking out, lots of spines instead of skin mm -hmm. um, sticking out that can help you get different grip points and whatnot. Maybe some big bulgy eyes rather than uh, <laughs> standard humanoid pieces. Okay. Um, but it's yeah, entirely so up to the player as mechanically that doesn't change anything. Right. Okay. So Quinn, what insect do you, I know that you don't really like insects, but which insect offends you the least that you want to make our character? Um, let's go with the ant. Okay. So we'll be half shade, half insect fused and the shade. I like the idea of being able to possess people. So was that the, um, is that one of the like different types of shades within the shade? Yes. So those are the okay. root abilities. So you're picking up shadow possession, which yep. for many of the roots uh, of different species, they completely change the visual aspect of the character, okay. putting on different appendages or sizes. In the case of the shade, it instead picks up a different mentality as the shade isn't so much about their actual body, but rather what they do with it being more mm -hmm. ghost-like. So the shade picks up unique abilities um, that really classify you as a different person than someone who didn't have this ability. 
because it drastically changes how you go about your day-to-day life. All right. So, yeah, we'll pick up shadow possession okay. and then the worker in such views feature. If that's I don't allowed. think we get that. Oh, we don't that, get the worker? Because okay. that's a root species thing. Oh, that's right. Okay. So because shade was our first choice. Yes. Only the first the half. When you create yeah. a monster character for, a, you know, the soul weaver to hit you with, they have the ability to take roots from their second half as well, thus making it a monster. Okay. They also can take more than one, whereas the player character can only have one. All right. So we have our species type yes. and we have our root ability there. So what's our next step, Jitsi? So as we go down the character creation page, the next thing you'll see is your skills. There are 12 skills in our D12 system. You'll find that a number of things are based off of the number 12. So we've got them broken into athletics, endure, martial, elude, nimble, tools, guile, poise, zeal, magic, nature, observe. Each of them start as a tier one. That means that being a player character, you are initially proficient at basic functionality of just about everything. You receive 12 additional points that you can assign to these skills going up to a three. So if you wanted to put twos across the board, you can do that and be a very balanced person. Or you can have some threes and some twos and some ones as you feel necessary for the style of character you want. Could you even make it negative? Uh, you cannot remove points at, okay. at this stage. There is a hindrance that you can pick up at a later point to remove that one and put it down to a zero for bonus XP. Uh, okay. If you choose to. NPCs do begin with zeros, but our player characters are meant to be a little bit more heroic and start with that free bonus. Okay. Got it. So, Quinn, what are we thinking for our character, our shade, insect fused? I mix. feel like elude would be good. Sneaky. Yeah. yeah. If we're going to be possessing people, that makes sense to me. If you are looking at the page on the website, you can click on those numbers and adjust them or write them down yeah. on the character sheet. Yeah. Let's pump elude up to three. All right, up we'll to be three. Super, because elude is basically the stealth skill in D and D, or yes, it's kind of helps you sneak around. It is important for stealth. It is also how you avoid most physical attacks. Well, that's great. Yes, and these numbers represent the number of dice that you will roll when taking a related action. So initially, you get one dice. As soon as you have a higher tier, you'll be rolling additional dice, looking for the highest number. So I have another question. So when we're changing dice, I see that it'll say like might three, finesse five. Are there times when you would roll just like a finesse check? So not currently, though we haven't okay. ruled out the potential of adding that. Those are simply representing totals, which are used for prereqs of specific abilities. Ah, uh, okay. okay. Oh, I see like down below, like with your health. Yes. Got it. So having okay. those category names is for simpler math rather than referencing three items with each listing. Makes mm -hmm. sense. All right. So I think uh, I think we should put some points in the magic because Yitzi mentioned that shades are usually good at necrotic magic. Yes, they have a huge and, bonus with necromantic effects. All right, do you want to bump that and up I'm to three? And I'm a big fan of magic. So. We'll make him a magical person. Yeah, sounds good. I will point out your shadow possession ability that you picked up as your root is a talent, which is a style of internal magic. And rather than using a magic roll to activate it, you'll actually use an endure roll. Okay. Okay. We have differentiated magic into two separate categories of internal and external, with internal being talents and external being spells and rituals. Okay. All right, so I upped in dirt to three. So the magic um, skill there would be for external. Yes. Like okay. if you were trying to cast a spell? 
Yes, anything okay. that is labeled as spell or ritual, uh, as well as secondary effects and augments, which allow you to modify other abilities at the time you use them. So even though shadow possession is an internal effect, you can mix it with an augment to also make it externally magical. Okay. okay. I'll also hmm. point out that all 12 of these skills represents offensive, defensive, and knowledge altogether. So each one of them has those components built into it? Yes. So you'll have the okay. same dice roll no matter which way you're trying to use it, but it greatly simplifies the number of different features you need to learn to accomplish those same things. This makes sense. I do like fighting. All right, we're going to go, we'll go, we can do Marshall up to three as well. All right. Let's do, we should do a couple twos though. We don't want to just be. Taking all threes does let you be very proficient at those tasks. However, it comes Mm -hmm. with the great risk of having ones in something else. For every three, have a one. (laughs) And those are extremely unreliable. (laughs) That makes sense. Additionally, as those can be used for prereqs, it may mean there's a number of things you'll never get to do. Got it. Oh my goodness, Alex. What? We're leaving ourselves open to not being able to do things. That's okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's why there's 9,300 <laughs> options, right? Or probably uh, over a thousand abilities. Now you can't oh, okay. fix that at a cost. You start with six <laughs> XP and XP is spent on a one-for-one basis with the exception of skill tiers. If you want to buy a new skill tier, you have to pay as much XP as the new number. So to take a one oh. to a two costs you two XP. Got it. You can take it as high as you want, but once you have five or six dice, the return is pretty diminished. Mm-hmm. So Quim, when what which of these skills do we not we we don't care about? We want it to be unreliable for our shade insect fused person. Um, I feel like poise, poise is kind of funny That's- if we. That's what I was thinking too. We don't need to talk to people. We just possess them yeah. and skulk around in the shadows. <laughs> we'll leave that as one. Yeah. And Guile is like insight. Guile helps you understand when someone's lying to you, helps you tell a lie yourself, understand mind manipulation. Let's put a two in Guile. Sounds good. And then Zeal. Zeal re- really represents your force of will. It's used for turn order. It's used for quick actions, which allow you to do additional small things during your turn, other than just a big attack or spell. I don't think they have a lot of zeal. Okay, so we'll (laughs) leave it at one. All right, we have three left. Other things we can put it in is nature, which is like nature plus survival. Okay. Like knowing things about the natural world Mm -hmm. and knowing how to survive in it. I mean, they are part insect. So you want that as a two? Maybe a two. Okay. Let's put a two in there. All right, and then we've got observe, which is like perception plus investigation, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yep, it also helps you against illusions should someone try to really confuse you. I'll let you decide. Um, We'll come back to that. Okay. Tools, I feel like no. They don't no really tools. care about that. We've actually like, made crafting a significantly functional feature within gameplay. Um, I, I did see that, but I feel like <laughs> this character doesn't yes. care. So tools is a common uh, thing tossed aside, but certainly for this character, I can see that currently. And then nimble is dexterity and hitting things far away. Yes. I feel like they might want to do that a little bit. Maybe right. you put, Go up to put two. it up to two. All yes. right. We can put one more thing in. There's also okay. athletics. Climbing, I, jumping. I, I feel like... They don't really care about that. Yeah, they're not as corporeal they're, as Yeah, most they're pretty people, incorporeal. So they're, they're less concerned about that kind of stuff. All right, then we'll put observe up to two. Okay. So what are what do we have ones in? 
athletics, tools, poise, and zeal. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. So, yeah. So you can see, even though it's only 12 points going around, it still has a huge amount of versatility between characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. What's our next step? So as you're looking at the next section, it simply gives you the results of values to fill in on your character sheet. Your health, mm -hmm. energy, resolve, three different health pools effectively. Health is your physical body uh, and how injured you are. Energy represents your ability to continue using magic or talents and other special effects. And okay. resolve is used for social conflict and sanity. Uh, so it's your mental uh, reserves. So each okay. of those gets calculated based off of the tiers that you assigned, as well as your souls, which is how much money you have. Souls are used as the currency within soul shards, as that is what is collected for taxes because souls, fragments pulled from the other world and refined into a gem-like structure that mysteriously looks just like a D12, is used in creating ritual magic. And the cities need massive rituals for the purpose of things like putting up barriers that keep out demons or giant dragons that try to otherwise eliminate the city all in one fell swoop. Makes sense. I love that they are shaped like D12s. <laughs> I also enjoyed that when I was reading through stuff. <laughs> Thank you. It uh, lined up quite nicely. Uh, you've also got the quick actions determined from your zeal and observe and bulk limit, which is a uh, triple your total might. So those values go onto the character sheet accordingly. And the other pieces are just the things that exist currently, but haven't yet been determined. So for speeds, are those other things like flying and swimming? Yes. So okay. there are multiple forms of speed. Uh, you have usually inherently five land speed, and that is what your character will have currently as a shade, but there are two species, the pixie and the raptor, that start with the innate ability to fly, and the amphibian fuse starts with the ability to be an expert swimmer. Okay. A number of species, like the elf, has a merfolk alternate, uh, so that would also start with swimming, and several others have similar features. Got it. All right. I think we're ready to move on to the next thing. So next up, we've got the affinities. This is one of the main things that sets a player character aside from an NPC, other than just raw power of having those skill tiers. The system has 36 different affinities, such as fire, mind, earth, um, lots of things that you'd represent a vocation or an element, and you get to pick any two of them. And so you've got a link right there that says the affinities list, which will yes. bring you to the page that gives the descriptions of most of these. So Now, I do have another question. There's a little up arrow. What does that up arrow mean? The up arrow in the training section below? Um, like if I click on necrotic affinity, see the last ah, so, one plus up arrow minutes. Yes, as you are looking within the actual abilities, that arrow represents that the ability is trainable. That okay. means that once you know the ability, you can spend additional XP to make it better. Okay. And we get to choose one of these 36? You get to pick any two of the 36 okay. abilities. And if you don't decide now, you can always add them on later to the character. But most people like having them right away. They are innately extremely powerful. They are the strongest abilities in the game. They cost you nothing to get. And they mean that other abilities you learn that have a matching affinity, you can train them higher than otherwise. Okay. So I and the necrotic affinity. That one lets you scry on corpses within reach. You'll okay. see what they saw right before dying. Yep. That's pretty cool. You want to do that one? Of course I want to do the All necrotic right. one. We'll each pick one. 
Okay, I've made my choice. <laughs> Each of these should greatly influence how your character gets to develop and personality traits that help you determine how to play as they are significant ties to the world. I feel like let's do mind. That lets you focus on an additional number of like targets. Yes. Okay. Focus is a very powerful mechanic. By base, you can only focus on one thing at a time. As most people certainly have trouble multitasking. I'm sure you're, you've encountered some people that way. Mm -hmm. uh, mind affinity lets you focus on a few extra things because anything you're not focused on, you take a penalty against. But when you are focused on them, you get a huge bonus. All okay. right. Sounds good. So mind and necrotic affinities. Yes. Yeah, so then now below it has things about training and boosts. This next section underneath the affinities is the abilities section. So you started with six XP and you spent one of it to pick up shadow possession. Even though it's a part of your species, it does still cost an XP. Your species okay. gives you access to eight other abilities for each species that are more representative of what that species can do. And outside okay. of that, you have access to the other thousand or so of generic abilities available to everyone. I see. You have five XP left to spend, and you can use them to pick up absolutely any ability you want if you meet the prereqs, as every ability simply costs one XP. So that's like the mind and necrotic that we just did. Do those we have to put something into? So those were the affinities that you got for free, so they cost nothing. But okay. you could potentially also spend XP there as the secondary feature that you can do with XP. Instead of learning a new ability, is advance one you already know by training okay. or boosting. So each training costs one XP and each boost costs one XP. Okay. So none of the affinities come with a boost, but many other of the generic abilities we'll look at do. And the limitation of training is you can only train once per ability initially. You'll get more as you increase your skill tiers. Uh, those um, points that I mentioned you can spend two XP to take a one to a two. If you do that, your training limit goes up by one for all of your abilities. So every time you increase the number of dice you have, you can also spend additional XP to improve other abilities, which is where your affinities really matter. Because if you pick up an ability that is necrotic or mind in nature, it increases the number of times you can train it by two each. So if you pick up a necrotic mind ability, you'll be able to train it a total of five times immediately meaning you could spend all of your XP in one place if you okay. really chose to. The game really allows you to pick between power and diversity. Mm -hmm. So most of the time, players like to choose some of the species abilities first as they are a little bit more potent and flavorful to what your character is. So I would mm -hmm. recommend going back to the shade and insect fused pages and the bottom half of the page shows you the listed features of that species. Okay, I was wondering where those eight other features came yes, in. Yes, we've got like... Yes, this is where most people like using the online character builder as it puts everything in one page in front of you. Yeah, like I can see like Shadow Meld, mm -hmm. Burrower, Climber, Dexterous, Ensnare, Fiendish Presence, Fit Anywhere, Hive Mind, <laughs> Natural Strength, Phasing, Poisoned Fangs, Shadow Defenses, Thick Skin, Tremor Sense, and Vanish. And it is perfectly fine to only take species abilities as you are starting off your character, as it means you don't have to go researching through all the others. Uh, yeah. So I'm sure we'll at least take a look at them. Yes. 
So I, I kind of like the scent of poison fangs. Poison fangs. Even though like we're not really a melee character, but it, if we do get into melee, guess what? It never Pepper's hurts fangs. to have. <laughs> yes. A secondary right. thing to take note of is even once you pick up abilities, every time your character sleeps for a night, you can unassign one XP, allowing you to slowly rebuild if you oh, okay. aren't happy with the decision. Okay. So if we never use Poison Fangs after playing for like, you know, five sessions or something, the next time we sleep, we could just say, let's just get rid of this. And now I have an XP. I can move somewhere else. Correct. Awesome. I've tried very hard to ensure the game does not penalize you for not knowing what decisions to make early on. (laughs) That's good because it is frustrating when you're like, I chose this thing and it's never comes up in our game. Mm-hmm. These abilities, along with uh, the other abilities on the rest of the page, will indicate everything your character is capable of, other than the couple of base features you got for being your species. So abilities are all you have to learn. There's no secondary okay. categories to go through. Which okay. one do you want to pick, Quinn? I chose Poison Fangs. <laughs> I think Fiendish Presence sounds good. All right. Basically, you can frighten people. Cool. All right, so we that's two XP more that we've used, so we have three left. Yep. You can see that Poison Fangs is one of the abilities that has a boost. So if you chose to spend that additional XP right now, it would also give your fangs accurate. So even though you're not really a melee character, you'd get an extra die when attacking with it, making it all the more likely to hit. Okay. Only the low, low cost of one XP. <laughs> And so for that as well, when you rest, could you untrain the boost? And now I have poison fangs, but they're not quite as boosted. Correct. You can always unassign only one XP at a time. So it would have to, in generally, be the last thing you purchased on it. So first you would get rid of the boost. Then the next day you could get rid of the poison fangs base. Okay. Should we boost it so we have to make less decisions? We can boost our fangs. (laughs) Let's boost our fangs. So well, now we got we, two choices left. Now we have two choices. So should we, where else can we uh, choose from, Yetzi? So you certainly are allowed to take as many of these secondary uh, abilities from the species as you want. But next we'll look at the full abilities lists. So if you look under abilities, you'll see you've got augments, aspects, responses, rituals, spells, stances, talents, and tricks. Uh, which are the things that make you stronger, as well as the last category, hindrances, which you can take to make your character slightly weaker, but each one you take gets you a bonus XP to spend as you like. So really, the choice you get to start with is, do you want to have magic, external or internal, small actions to quickly manipulate the battle, or a solid long-term effect that is always on you. Can you elaborate on a, the last one, the long-term effect? Yeah, those long-term you? effects that are always on you are the aspects. Those are okay. permanent effects. Um, they are representing innate training. You've gone through dedication, practice, and get a little bit better at any specific aspect or trait of your character as defined. And they're broken up into the categories of offensive, defensive, utility, or knowledge, as well as forms, which will give you access to some things that aren't really going to be on most characters, like lycanthropy, vampirism, spikes on your body. You could be a vampire, Alex. 
<laughs> the forms are things that require permission uh, from the game master most of the time. Right. They are quite potent, but they are available. I don't think we need to be a vampire this time. We already have poison fangs. We I was excited are... about the spiked body, though. I think that's kind of fun. Okay, let's do spiked body. It fits in well. It has the, the huge benefit of no one wants to touch you. <laughs> <laughs> if you consider that a benefit. <laughs> yeah, no more hugs. Yeah. Okay, so we'll take spike bodies so that we have one experience point left. Unless we take a hindrance. And you can have up right. to two of those if you wish. So again, you get to choose a category of what style of effect you're looking for. Most of these lists only have about 50 or 60 options on them. And a number of them will also have prereqs to help narrow down what you can actually access at this time. Okay. Do you want to look at magic? Yeah, let's look at magic or talent. Okay, so there's different types. Elemental, illusion, infusion, mutation, suppression, and transference. Let's look at suppression. Those are usually your debuff spells, of course. Yeah. Absorb, efficiency, blindness, brain drain, calm animal, calming word, control undead, creeping sleep, cursed action, darkness, daze, deafness, destroy poison, Dispelling Devastation, Divine Despair, Dominate, Doom, Enfeeblement, Erase, Exude Evil, False Death. What is Exude Evil? It's something that you'll probably want on this character a little later on, as it does require okay. six necrotic abilities before you I get see. it. Gotcha. But it makes everyone around you sick. <laughs> <laughs> so that means cool. that like the Shadow Possession, Spiked Body, those things, those are abilities, right? So we have to have six that have the necrotic. Yes. Little so symbol. You'll see those symbols on the side. Um, we have three right now. Okay. So matching up those symbols is uh, very important for reaching certain prereqs. There's almost never a specific prereq like needing an individual ability. They're usually categorized such as a bunch of necrotic abilities or a magic tier of five or a combination of six wit skills okay. or so on. So it means that even though you have a specific ability that might have a heavy prereq, it doesn't indicate exactly how you got to it. Okay. Mass demoralize. That just make everyone sad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What, what kind of thing do you want to be able to do? I mean, the... Control undead or create undead, whichever one you said sounded good. Not sure if we have the control undead. We aren't going to be able to oh, do that. Man, another one. We got... I just like the ones that are expensive. <laughs> most people do, of course. <laughs> so most of the system is we... available right away, but some of those and things do take some effort to get to. How about a brain drain? Sure, what's that do? You attack the poison, a target creature. Okay. So I mentioned earlier that every skill is an attack and a defense as well as a knowledge. So in this case, when you attack poise, to cast the spell, you roll magic because that's true mm -hmm. for all spells. And their defense is whatever their poise tier is. Whoever rolls higher wins. Attacker wins okay. on a tie. Attacker wins on a tie? Yep. Okay. I also thought deafness might be good because we could make someone deaf and then sneak up on them better. When you can sneak attack someone, there is a huge bonus. You get all kinds of extra advantages, potential damage, serious wounds you can cause, especially if you intentionally take effort to get better at it. <laughs> all right. So we used an extra XP to get that. So we need to. So we got to take a. We got to take a hindrance. Which I, uh, I was already planning to take a hindrance. Let's be honest. We, it's fun to have flaws. So we have a number of very flavorful hindrances. 
you can have any of them you want with the exception of vulnerable, which is usually limited to monsters because it gives you a weakness to an element, Okay. which it shows the prereq just like the other abilities. But you can take a look at some of these. Yeah, like detached means that you you lose a limb. <laughs> Not the detached you would expect, I believe. <laughs> yes. Bloodthirsty is pretty funny. You take time to make sure your opponent is dead and avoid prisoners and go out of your way to hurt downed enemies. That, all right, so we're just going full-blown evil on this character. I didn't say I was going for it. I just thought it was funny. I'm okay taking it. And just, we, we haven't done an evil character all yet. All right, so. this is, all right, we're doing it. Bloodthirsty? Is that what you said? We are bloodthirsty. <laughs> that is uh, plenty powerful for what it, what it allows you to roleplay. Mm-hmm. Gives you that XP you need, and it really motivates that, why are you chasing down the enemy? Because they're alive. Yeah. All right. So we have I haven't killed them yet. Those choices. So with your abilities in place, the only thing left to do on your character is buy stuff. The character creation process really doesn't have many stages, but of course, picking your abilities is large. The gear yeah. section has a number of categories that you can pick from. They're a lot more straightforward as to what you would expect. The amount of money you start with is based off of the wit skill tiers you chose. Each one of them got you an additional 10 souls with a base of 300. Okay, so we have 370. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that extra paying attention to your knowledge and working with the world actually probably took a day job before you got to be an adventurer. You earned a little bit more money than most people start with. So you'll see the different categories include weapons, armor, magical stuff, and adventuring gear are really the categories you're likely to look at. You can also potentially pick up vehicles, machines, traps, or pay for just single-time services, but those usually aren't things you need on an opening character. All right, so what is next, Yitzi, or is that about it? That's it for the mechanical standpoint of character creation. So now, within the character builder, you can head over to that final tab, where you'll see it will ask about your personal traits. Head over, Quinn? I am there. Okay. It's just reading about age. Yes. So... Of course, you get to pick your character's name, super important. Height and weight are based off of your species. Each species having a different size, has a different range of how tall, how heavy they can be. You're allowed to go- Does it go based off the um, the first one you chose? Yes. Okay. Your shade is a size minus one creature, slightly smaller than average. It ranges from minus nine to plus nine, with player characters usually being minus one, zero, or one. What is an example of a minus nine sized creature? A fly, mosquito, those kinds of things. With, of course, the size nine being ancient dragons, things that you might confuse with a mountain if they're sleeping. (laughs) Yeah, makes sense. The age range, of course, is also based off of the species. Different groups of species live much longer than others. So the ancient races tend to have the longest lifespan. The animal species tend not to have very long lifespans at all. But it does present what range you're allowed to choose from before you take modifiers based off of age. Yeah, so I saw that if you're super young, like you don't have a benefit of knowledge. Correct. But you can take a hit better. You gain innate damage reduction because kids just don't notice when they fall down. They just get back (laughs) up and keep going. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So we... Whereas if you're the, was it Sage? The very old? Uh, Yeah, it says if we go... Over 300 years, we will be near death as a shade. (laughs) So once you hit those high ages, you're going to get to start making a roll 
every single month until you fail. Then you make a roll every single week until you fail, then day, hour, and minute. And once you've failed each of those, your character will die. I love the flavor of that. Just of old age. (laughs) Yes. So you might die after a month, a day, and an hour. It's unlikely. (laughs) It's always random. It's super important, though, that if you get resurrected after being just dead from old age, you get to restart that set. You're not just going to instantly die again. (laughs) Yeah, but you are still a sage, so you are still rolling every month to see if you can... You are still old. So we've also (laughs) built that if you choose to start with a character of a different age category, it is not going to imbalance uh, the character from being able to participate in an ongoing campaign. Uh, It's not going to give you a huge advantage because the benefits do come with pretty significant drawbacks. Yeah, like you're, you know more things, but you also are less strong. Significantly. Mm -hmm. I feel like our character is a normal age just adventuring age keeps things simple sounds good yeah i feel like i guess i don't know about every old person but most old people i've met have not been bloodthirsty (laughs) (laughs) seems like more of a young man's game okay of course gender is not a drop down list put in anything you wish or leave it blank yes i do like that you had a spot for gender on there And then, of course, we've got our huge fill-in-the-blanks, background, appearance, personality, and so on. Three that tend to stand out and really help with gameplay without going into huge detail is profession, combat role, and social role. For a lot of players who just don't want to think too hard about the entire history of their character, naming those three basic features, like combat role can just be prevent spellcasting. So when you reach combat and you ask him, what are you going to try to do? Without having to pick out the perfect answer every single time, you'll try, see, is there a spellcaster? Hit them. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. So they're not mechanically required, but they really help a lot of players who just are either newer to roleplay or have the style where they need those pieces predefined. I like that. Sounds good. Well, I think we're done with this for the moment. I think so too. This was very helpful. I really appreciate you taking the time and checking out the system. Of course, having the character builder at all hopefully helps set us aside from most other systems out there. Mm -hmm. I do appreciate that. I do think it helps a lot with people who might not know as much. Is there anything else you wanted to add about soul shards or any other comments you want to make on the character building? Absolutely. So soul shards is more than just a role-playing game. While the base system that you're looking at currently is, we also are writing novels to go alongside to really flesh out the lore and hopefully we'll have our first one sometime next year. We are doing some alpha reading of the first main sections right now, making sure we're staying on track, but we're really exploring the potential of the world we've got. We've also got a board game in development where you'll be able to take your character back and forth between the actual role-playing and board game versions. I like that. Instead of having a player participate as the game master within the board game, You have everything controlled by cards and tiles, allowing you to automate the system. It randomizes what happens and helps give a little bit more control over what your character can be since everything is limited within the cards. 
And then once you transfer back and forth between games, it picks up additional options. That's very cool. Additionally, we have ailment cards, which you can use during either the board game or the role-playing game, which you can obtain from underneath the menu on the website under running the game, ailment cards. And you'll find 24 fully R-covered cards, which give the effects of our 24 ailments, allowing you to easily track all of the terrible things that have happened to your character until (laughs) you can finally happily give them back to the pile where they came from. Hilarious. That's really all I've got uh, at this time. Sounds good. So thank you so much for taking an interest here. I've had some fun going through. I haven't quite done this style of conversation before. So one last thing, Yitzi, can you tell us where people can find you and more about Soul Shards on, online? So our website is soulshardsrpg.com, and it has the entire rule set available, as well as the online character builder and a community forum and the party builder to help track characters between other players you're participating with. We are running online Discord sessions on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday currently. Though the sessions are technically booked, if you message us, we'll try to find an opportunity for when we can fit you in or just overbook a couple sessions from time to time, let you at least watch to see that you like what's going on. Yeah. Normally we play in person at a couple of the local game stores, but since they're all shut down right now, that's just ruled out until things calm down again. Well, Brett said it's open to everyone. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It has been quite an interesting adjustment to play online without the game board in front of us and most importantly without the donuts because we do have a player who always brought donuts and we miss that (laughs) yes that is a perk that you miss out on is all the great snacks that your friends bring (laughs) now they're just sitting at home eating a big box of donuts by themselves i'm sure (laughs) that's what i would be doing and for those who prefer a pdf over the website view we do have our pdf available at drive through rpg Oh, cool. All right. Well, thanks again for coming, Yitzi. Well, thanks you. All right. So now we're back and we're going to make this character. The first thing we need to do is name them. Yes, please. (laughs) I've been dying here just saying this character, our character. Yes. We also should choose a gender yes. or randomize a gender. Roll that die, Quinn. We'll randomize it like we always do. Okay. Also, for some reason, I'm feeling like they should have Jez in their name, like J-E-Z. All right. That will be part of their name. I don't know where. I just want it in there. Sounds great. Give you the additional challenge of not only coming up with a random name, but now including the part of the word J-E-Z. Aljezi. Ooh, I like that. Aljezi. A-L-J-E-Z-I. That's what I was thinking. All right, Aljezi. All right, done. You don't have to come up with it. I beat you to it for once. They are a male. Male Aljezi. This big, beautiful boy with this spiky body. (laughs) So we kind of talked about his appearance already, that he looks kind of like, if any of you have seen the Harry Potter movies, he looks kind of like a Dementor. But he's got, like, ant antennae sticking out of his head. And also, you cannot see his face just like a, well, I guess more like the Grim Reaper, where you have, like, the black hood kind of covering their face. Yes, they already have, like, a hood kind of covering their face. But they also have a wizard hat on top of that hood. Yeah, it's... Or maybe... 
That would look ridiculous. No, to wear they a don't hat do that. So the they're just they're wearing a hat. They've got a hood, but the hood is down. Yes, that makes way more sense. And like their face is shrouded in shadow, mm-hmm. and you just see like glowing red eyes. Oh, nice. That's all you see. And they have bone armor on their torso. Yeah. And he has leather boots, and I think we gave him a crossbow. Yeah, we gave him a crossbow and then some like normal clothes, whatever. Yep. And there's spikes poking out of his arms and legs and torso. The armor is obviously fit right around them. It's perfect fit. I think that, that maybe there's like, maybe little like cutouts for his spikes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Okay, so we already said that he's bloodthirsty for personality. Yes. Um, Which means he takes no survivors. Yes. Basically, Dread Pirate Roberts. There will be no survivors. Yep. So he enjoys killing people probably mm-hmm. what did he do before he was adventuring like why did he become an adventurer this is a great question and what made al jesse so bloodthirsty yeah because <laughs> i don't think that in general shades and or insect fees are necessarily evil and or bloodthirsty like we right. made this guy this is just what we happen to choose we chose at the end bloodthirsty because we needed to take a hindrance because we had an extra point left over. Or well, we we, we over we, yeah we took one too many abilities, but we did not want to give up one of our cool cool abilities. Yes. Plus, it's fun to have flaws. Yes, we love having flaws, making your character more interesting. So I'm kind of picturing just initial my initial picturing here for mm-hmm. Al Jazi is just like a bounty hunter type that's just sitting in a like a tavern bar drinking in a corner just waiting for people to come and hire him to make kills yes so i think that is what he's like currently doing is he is a mercenary Mm -hmm. and i think that he is doing that in order to get more souls he wants more power yeah um don't know why yet and he wants to advance i think his technique and kind of learn more about necrotic magics okay i have an idea yes. so save me from the second ship all right he was growing up in wherever shades live in this land uh shadesville sure shadesville <laughs> or sunny sunny shade up shadesville <laughs> okay <laughs> and, wow shut down yep and his family was we're going to it's going to be a little bit sad oh i i would hope so if he became bloodthirsty yeah so it would be really weird if he had a very happy childhood and was just i guess he could have just been born evil he could have been but we're going nature versus nurture here and this was nurture okay so he was have leading his lovely idyllic childhood when some bigoted other creatures species whatever came and attacked shadesville because they thought uh they're evil they're not evil though they don't have to be evil no they're not evil they just were living their lives they just look kind of scary okay and his family gets killed I'm, i'm devastated i know i didn't see this coming yes so then he he is heartbroken but it also like the traumatic experience of witnessing his parents and sibling or however many siblings he had 
We're not going to come he up with it. He had three, Quinn. He okay. had three siblings. Three siblings. El Jasmine, Tel Jesse, and little Michael. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and It was devastating. It was devastating. It's even more so now that you named them. <laughs> so they all get killed, and El Jesse, like, breaks a little bit from this experience. He wants revenge. I have a quick question. Yes. Just quick clarification. Are his family all shade insect fused combos or was it just him? Like are his siblings normal shades and he is a No. They're they, all let's say ooh, we could have one of his parents is a shade and one of his parents was insect fused. Okay. It's a beautiful union. Yes. Between two species. And these bigoted people didn't like that the maybe that the insect fused person married the, the shade. shades, yes. Yes. An army of dung beetles. Insect fused dung beetle people. Okay. I just think dung beetles funny, but it could have been some of the Ooh, insect Okay, fused. so maybe like the mom yes. was insect fused. Okay. And she was like royalty or whatever. Oh a, like a queen bee? sure and she she fell in love with this shade and like ran away and kind of like she didn't want to be a part of this okay so more of a princess bee before she took the throne yes she ran away abandoning her 300 siblings and family because insects yeah and had a beautiful life with her shade husband yes but they didn't like that she ran away and they were searching for her. Eventually they found her. All right. And they were mad about it. In Shadesville. In Shadesville. And killed her and her husband and the three children that were in the house when this happened. Oh, Jesse was also in the house. He witnessed it, but he was very good at hiding. Oh, yes. All right. So he That's was true. Yes. Yeah, so he was able to hide and not be found. And they didn't know how many kids they had. They assumed they got everybody. Yep. And they, like, you know, attacked more of Shadesville, whatever. And El Jesse wept holding his family's bodies. Yes. And then his eyes turned red and he got, you know, this. He kind of. Yes. Yeah, so he, he wants... took the path of let's not forgive and forget. Let's do the opposite. Yeah. So he <laughs> is all about vengeance. So he he's pretty young at that point, like maybe 10 years old. Oh boy, that's pretty young. So he decides to go become an assassin to mm-hmm. train and end this. Like he he wants them to pay for what they they did to his family. So he goes and he does that and he's very good at it, but he's a little bit too bloodthirsty. Yeah, I think, he, and he's probably really good because he, like, people are expecting the shade abilities when he walks up, but then he bites them with poison fangs, and they are not expecting that, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where he gets his start. Yeah. So he gets kicked out of this school, but now gets he- Gets kicked out of the Assassin Guild for being too bloodthirsty. Yeah. He's, he's giving them a bad name. Yeah. Because, like, you know, they hired you to go kill this noble, and you killed the entire party like this noble was at, my yep. dude. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. So, because he, he realizes that he really enjoys the killing, mm-hmm. like, having that power over other people because he yep. felt so powerless. Yeah. So, now he is adult-aged and working as a hired assassin mercenary. Yeah. 
but you got to be careful with him because he might go rogue on you and just kill more people than you were expecting. And I feel like, all right, so maybe let's say that he was in this Assassin's Guild or whatever for a while. They kind of, because first they trained him, right? Right. And then when they sent him out on the first couple of missions, it was smaller things and he... Sure, he killed everyone, but there's only two people or whatever. Yeah. But then it culminates in this large party where he kills like a hundred people or something. Crazy. Yeah. And then they kick him out. And now that's kind of why he's looking for something new. That's where he's going to join this adventuring party because he's like, I want to keep killing people to feel powerful and gain more power. But my easiest way... Like, you know, from here, since I can't go back to this Assassin's Guild, is through joining an adventuring party that's got questionable morals. <laughs> yes. All right, I'm pretty pleased with what we did. That sounds pretty good for Al Jazzy. Yes. And his bloodthirsty, you know, heritage. Yes. Or not heritage. His that's... bloodthirsty past. Yes, his bloodthirsty ways. Yes. You can find more information about Soul Shards at soulshardsrpg.com. You can find more information about our show at a couple of characterspodcast.com. Have ideas or feedback? Need help creating your next character? Or have a different RPG system you'd like us to try? Email us at a couple of characterspod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ACOC Podcast. We'd like to thank John Began for composing our theme music. If you like what we're doing, please rate and review us on iTunes. Yeah, go ahead and give us a five-star review and tell a friend and then tell them to give us a five-star review and just, you know, it'll be a whole pyramid scheme where <laughs> we all get all the five-star reviews. Yes. And you can be at the top of that pyramid. Just think about it. But the best part is that pyramid scheme is free. For sure. Another way you can support us is by becoming a Patreon donor, and you can just search ACOC Podcast there. Also, you can purchase books on our affiliatebookshop.org storefront, which is awesome. It supports us. It supports independent bookstores. And, you know, it's it's a win-win-win because you're getting books, you're supporting a show you love, hopefully, and you're supporting independent bookstores. Oh, they love it. Of course they do. They're still listening. They love it. <laughs> and you can find that at bookshop.org slash shop slash ACOC podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Alex in Winterland. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Naughty Dr. Quinn. Thanks for listening. Keep on rolling. I once went to lunch with Yitzi, 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 and Brian. Brian had a <laughs> tough time. One day we'll have TV shows and movies and novels everywhere. Yeah, you'll For make sure. it big. For sure. That, that's the goal. And you'll, I hope you'll remember us when you're at the top. <laughs> Drive through RPG where we feed you with RPGs. I must only consume right. RPGs and RPG content. Bookshop.org. Yep. Where you can buy books and support us. <laughs> We're putting that at the end. <laughs>